the world But it couldn't fill me And man's empty praise The treasures of faith Are never enough Then you came along And put me back together And every desire is now satisfied Here in your love Oh, there's nothing better than you There's nothing To show you my weakness My failures and flaws Lord, you've seen them all But you still call me friend Cause the God of the mountain Is the God of the valley there's not a place your mercy and grace won't find me again. Oh, there's nothing better than you, Lord. There's nothing better than you, Lord. There's nothing, nothing is better than you. There's nothing better than you, Lord. There's nothing better than you, Lord. There's nothing, nothing is better than you. You turn morning to dancing You give beauty for ashes You turn shame into glory You're the only one who cares You turn morning to dancing You give beauty for ashes Turn shame into glory You're the only one who cares You turn graves into gardens You turn bones into army You turn seas into highways You're the
Good morning and happy Easter. It's a bit strange, isn't it, that we're sequestered in our homes in complete lockdown on this most wonderful of days. It seems a little incongruous, I know, for all of us. But it is Easter Sunday, and it is the day that we celebrate and remember the resurrection of Jesus. Now, I know we've not done this already, but um, congregations all around the world are greeting the Lord and greeting one another in a very simple liturgy. The pastor at the front, the leader at the front, says, Christ is risen, and then the congregation responds with, he is risen indeed. I don't know whether it's ever been done uh, in, in this way before, but how about you in your homes, after I've said, Christ is risen, you call out, he is risen indeed. Let's have a go. Christ is risen Yeah, I think I heard that. Maybe we try it one more time. Christ is risen. He is risen indeed. Let me read to you from John chapter 20 today as we look and as we reflect on the importance of this day, the day of resurrection. John chapter 20 and verse 10. Then the disciples went back to their homes, but Mary stood outside the tomb crying. As she wept, she bent over to look into the tomb and saw two angels in white, seated where Jesus' body had been, one at the head and the other at the foot. They asked her, woman, why are you crying? They have taken away my Lord, she said. And I don't know where they put him. At this, she turned around and saw Jesus standing there. But she did not recognize that it was Jesus. Woman, he said, why are you crying? Who is it you're looking for? Thinking he was the gardener, she said, Sir, if you've carried him away, tell me where you've put him, and I will get him. Jesus said to her, Mary. She turned toward him and cried out in Aramaic, Rabboni, which means teacher. Jesus said, do not hold on to me, for I have not yet returned to the Father. Go instead to my brothers and tell them I'm returning to my Father and to your Father, to my God and to your God. Mary Magdalene went to the disciples with the news I have seen the Lord, and she told them that he had said these things to her. It's an amazing story, isn't it, of of resurrection and recognition. And that's what we're going to look at this morning as we consider the resurrection afresh this year in 2020. What is the resurrection? And And what is there about this whole subject of recognition that we see in the passage before us? Mary has been there at the cross with 
Mary, the mother of Jesus. The two of them, with the other women who have come from Galilee, are not only at the cross, but they go with Joseph of Arimathea and Nicodemus, and they see the tomb in which those men laid the body of Jesus and briefly prepared his body for burial. The women, no doubt, were talking amongst themselves as they went to their homes during that Sabbath. And they had already made a plan that early on the first day of the week, Sunday, they would return with all of the spices and all of the necessary ointments and all that was needed to fully prepare the buried body of Jesus for his internment in that tomb. And of course, they return to find the stone rolled away. And then transpires all of the events of the resurrection. The disciples come to the tomb. Peter's not sure what's going on. John looks and already begins to believe and Mary is left behind. Mary Magdalene is left behind, considering, weeping. She sees the angels, and even in seeing the angels, she doesn't really get what it is that's happened. I mean, it's almost impossible for anyone to, to really comprehend that someone that you've known, that you've seen die, the most cruel and terrible death, is alive. And even when Jesus comes and speaks to her, she thinks she's speaking to the gardener. Maybe Jesus, in his resurrected self, looks a little different. Maybe he looks a little younger. Maybe he looks a, a, little, a little more like, well, who knows? Mary doesn't recognize it. Not until he calls her by name. And then there's the full recognition. There's the full recognition of who he is, but there's a full recognition of who she is because she hears her name, her identity, spoken by Jesus. So here's, here's the key to what it is that the Lord, I believe, wants to speak to us about this morning. In Romans chapter 8, it says this, And if the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead is living in you, he who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through his spirit who lives in you. The spirit of God released from heaven at the beginning of the ministry of Jesus, carries Jesus forward in all that he will do and say in those three years that Jesus ministered amongst the people in Galilee and Judea. And of course, on the cross, Jesus releases his spirit and the spirit of God has already withdrawn because the skies are darkened and the father turns his face away so that Jesus holds and carries the full penalty of our sin and waywardness. But now, 
on the day of resurrection. The spirit returns to the dead body of Jesus and not only gives him life, but but raises him to the full, glorious, resurrected Jesus, who this day rules over the galaxies and is the king of the universe. That spirit, the third person of the Trinity, God himself, the spirit of God who raised Jesus from the dead is alive in you and I. Now Mary is there at the tomb and she's struggling with all kinds of conflicting emotions, sadness and grief and fear and anxiety, worry and concern. No doubt all kinds of things are flooding her mind. And so she's unable to recognize the resurrected Christ. You and I, are so often flooded by so many different thoughts and concerns. During this time, of course, we've known sadness and grief. We've known, we've known inner turmoil as we've, as we've really been struck by how fearsome this virus is. We have perhaps at times found ourselves swept up in the anxiety of others. And in these times of, of worry, of these, these times of, of internal turmoil, it's hard to recognize the resurrection, the resurrection which is a present reality in our life. The resurrected Lord is very close to us, and yet we don't recognize him. The resurrecting spirit is so close to us that he lives within us, and yet we, we don't recognize him. And yet Paul says, the spirit that raised Jesus from the dead is in you and will give life to your mortal bodies. This is not something we're waiting for in heaven. This is not something that we're longing for in the future. This is something that is true of us now. The spirit that raised Jesus from the dead is alive in you and me. And he's longing for us to recognize him. Just take a little drink. I'm getting quite excited about resurrection. So, the first thing, the first thing that I think the Lord is wanting to say to us on this Resurrection Sunday is that it's enormously important for us to not only understand the resurrection in theory, but to receive the resurrection in our experience, to allow the Holy Spirit to bring life to us life to our mortal bodies, life to our circumstances, life to our concerns and our worries. The resurrected life is a life that does not linger forever at the cross of worry and anxiety. 
but is resurrected with hope and faith and expectation. But then there's more. Beyond simply recognizing that the resurrection is real for us now as the Spirit lives within us, there's, there's more. There's something that goes even beyond embracing the experience of the resurrection for today. There's something that, that Jesus wanted Mary to understand. Jesus speaks her name and something happens for Mary. It's in her hearing her name, of course, that, that resurrection becomes a reality in her life. She's, of course, not dealing with resurrection in a theoretical sense. She is now dealing with the resurrection in a personal sense, in the sense that it is Jesus who stands before her, calling her name. And I think this is something important for you and I. You and I, we can, we can understand the resurrection theoretically. We can understand it theologically. We can perhaps even understand it experientially in the sense that we find ourselves beginning to look in a fresh direction and experience something of the hope and the faith and the joy of what it means to be people caught up in the resurrection. But there's something even more beyond that general experience. There is the particular laser-focused reality of the resurrection that comes to us only when we hear our name called. It's not a it's not a theoretical thing, it's not a, it's not a general experience thing that we pick up from the people around us that we that we understand in the in the scriptures that we that we reflect upon as an amazing fact. This is now something that goes beyond general experience to specific experience to the very heart of us. You and I have an identity. We've been created by God. And as our creator, he is able to address us personally in a way that no one else and nothing else can. However, however marvelous is the truth of the resurrection, there is something deeply more profound and personal when God in Jesus calls us by name. If you carry on reading in Romans chapter 8, it says this, For you did not receive the spirit that makes you a slave again to fear, but you received the spirit of sonship and by him we cry Abba Father the Spirit himself testifies 
with our spirit that we are God's children. And if we are children, then we are heirs, heirs of God and co-heirs with Christ. If indeed we share in his sufferings in order that we may share in his glory. I've been thinking about how to illustrate this for perhaps the young people who are here on this on this uh, on this call here for Easter Sunday morning, and I took um, I took the mirror down uh, from our hallway at home, and um, as you know, I'm not a very good artist, but I just have a go at illustrating what it is that I think the Lord showed me as I was as I was preparing this talk today. As I say, I'm not a great artist, but we can have a go. So there's Mary. She's by the tomb. And it's not until she hears the voice of Jesus that she really understands or begins to understand what the resurrection is all about. And it's as though it's when she hears the voice of Jesus that she not only sees herself for who she is, but it's as though she sees herself in Jesus for the first time. I don't know whether you can see that, but right there in the mirror, I've done the best sketch that I can. And there is a, a kind of a cartoon version of the, the, the face of Jesus that maybe all of us would use from time to time. And when we look at that, we see ourselves reflected in the face of Jesus. And that's the key, I believe. Because the Bible makes it clear that whether we're boys or girls, whether we're men or women, we have the spirit of sonship. So what does that mean? It doesn't mean that all of the girls are now functioning as boys or all of the women are now functioning as men, of course. It simply means this, that there is a son of God and he's called Jesus. And Jesus has sent to us his spirit. And by sending to us his spirit, we know that we are so deeply connected to Jesus that we now have his life in our life. We have his identity as our identity. We have his name as our name. And so truly it is the spirit of sonship. And when we hear our name called by the spirit of God speaking within us, and when we turn to the Lord and look towards him in our hearts, looking and longing for him, then we see Jesus and we see ourselves as he sees us because he sees us 
as people who had been taken up into his identity. And the Father, the Father, when, when he looks at us, he doesn't see us struggling, sinful, wayward people. The Bible says that, that in the same way that when we look at Jesus, we see ourselves. The Bible says that when the Father looks at us, he sees Jesus. The word is that we have become one with Jesus. The word is covenant. It means, it means that we've become one with Jesus by his spirit. His spirit within us has made us one with Jesus. And so we share in all of the benefits of his death. And we share in all of the glory of his resurrection. And when we look at Jesus, we see ourselves as we truly are. And when the Father looks at us, he sees Jesus. And because he sees Jesus, he doesn't see the struggling sinner. He sees the glorious Son. Resurrection is an amazing thing. But there are deeper things within the resurrection for us to recognize. And as we recognize these deeper things in the resurrection, let's allow the Lord to reveal to us what our true identity is, that our identity is found in Jesus. And because of that, it changes the way that we see ourselves in the same way that it's changed the way that God sees us. It's a wonderful gift that Jesus has given us, the gift of resurrection. So let's live the life of resurrection. Let's live the life of being the children of God, knowing our identity. And in that identity, taking our authority, and in that authority, living in the power of the Spirit, from this day forward. And let's make that our commitment and our determination. And let's pray that it doesn't only change us, but it changes the people around us as they see that we live from a different place, from a different identity, with a different story, with a different confidence. Let's pray that the world is touched by the resurrection that has come to us. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, thank you that you helped Mary recognize your resurrection. Thank you, Lord, that you helped Mary understand that the resurrection was not just your resurrection, but it was her resurrection too. That your resurrection changed her forever and that she heard her identity afresh as an identity of a new person. Lord, I pray that we would hear your voice speaking to us. And as we hear your voice speaking to us, Lord, we pray that we would hear you address us as your children. Children who share in the identity Jesus. And Lord, we pray that as we embrace and recognize this amazing resurrection truth, 
that it would continue to change and transform us and to touch the world. And we pray, Jesus, for your name and in your glory. And we all say, Amen. Well, thank you for being with us today. Again, a very happy Easter. And we'll see you through the week for daily devotions and worship times together, readings uh, for the children uh, through the week, and all kinds of encouragement and resources that we know will be a blessing to you. And we pray will continue to equip you to be the people of God in these strange times in which we live. Bless you, and we'll see you next time. Jesus' face.